You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. Download our free mobile app. It's got a great online community that you can be a part of. All of our teachings, our sermons, a digital Bible so you can follow along. And if you are listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications. We definitely don't want you to miss anything. And we are at a very, very exciting place in our study. This is the beginning of the parables of Jesus, one of my favorites, Matthew chapter 13. Now, coming out of Matthew 12, I've said it, I feel like a bunch of times because we were in Matthew 12 for a while. Jesus is really starting to feel the world around him, uh, you know, come after him in the form of those who were in power, the religious leaders. And he, in our last study, retreats to a house, can't even get uh, some time to eat. And uh, we learn a very, very uh, important principle is that we are all connected by the same spirit. Remember, Jesus's family are trying to get to him and say, what are you, crazy? You are going to cause yourself a lot of problems, a lot of challenges, and Jesus isn't having it. He says, you know, who are my mother and my brother and my sisters, but them that do the will and the work of the Lord. And it really shows how we are all connected very much together. Yes, we're called to love our family. Remember, we said that Jesus was not, in fact, disrespecting his family. Uh, being close to God and having that perfect agape love will never cause you to love people less. In fact, it will cause you to love people more. And as we go into the parables, we're going to see that Jesus begins to teach them in a teaching style that we have seen up until this point for sure. But now we're going to get into, in this particular chapter, eight parables. And what we're going to do here in our study over the next, it may take I mean, to get through eight parables, it may take a little bit of time, and I'm going to take my time through it because the parables are extremely, extremely important, okay? The, a parable is a story that contains an intended truth. It's a story that has an inner meaning, and Jesus taught in parables for a very specific reason. I believe, one, because stories are very relatable. They're easy to remember, right? So it was a teaching style that would definitely resonate. We're going to see that Jesus teaches in the way where he presents scenarios in the culture that they would understand, okay? Um, but he also taught because of who was in his audience. Remember, we just got out of a chapter where they were oh, they were asking him questions. When I say they, the religious leaders of that time, the people that didn't want to hear the message of the kingdom, and they were trying to trap him. They never had good intentions. And always beware of people that ask you questions and they really don't want the answer to those questions. Well, that is what we'll find part of the reason why Jesus uh, taught in parables, so that those who were there to really understand what he was presenting would get it 
and those who did not have good intentions, who really weren't listening, who had, um, you know, ulterior motives would not get it. Okay. Um, and what we're going to draw out of this, which is why it might take a little bit of time. We may get through a parable in a day. We may take a parable and break it down. It just depending, you know, we'll see as we go. But the parables, what they do is they present a kingdom principle. Remember, Jesus is ushering in the new covenant. He's also teaching people what it will be like to live and operate in the new covenant. Now, the new covenant is not new to God. It was new to humanity. They were used to living a certain way. And everything that Jesus was teaching was contrary, what, to the way they had operated in many ways. And also, when they were looking for the Messiah, remember, they were not looking for a Messiah like Jesus. They saw, thought that someone else like David, who was going to be a king that uh, came in and to rule and conquer and help them to take out Rome, and Jesus came with a very different message. So when we go through these stories, what we're going to do, and that's what we're getting, today, we're really, we're, we will read through um, a good part of the beginning of Matthew 13, but we're really going to hone in not so much on a story today, but why and what we're reading. Okay. So we're, what we're going to pull from these stories is one, the audience relevance. We always have to pull that. Okay. Who is the author talking to? Who is in the original uh, setting? What is the, in the original setting? We're also going to talk about the covenantal and eschatological relevance. And you say, oh, what's with all these words? No, let me let me explain. There's a shift in covenants. We know that already. I'm going to say that till I'm blue in the face. New things are coming around. But eschatological, eschatology, study of ology, eschat, end times. We're going to see what Jesus was talking about in terms of the end of the age. Many of these parables have eschatological ramifications. They are there to prepare them for the transition of covenants, the ending of the old covenant age, which was only between God and the Hebrew people, and the realization of what is going on once the new covenant is fully established. Okay, so we're going to understand the implications of them initially, and then, of course, we are going to pull out what I would like to call the kingdom application. How do we take the kingdom principle and apply it to our lives today? I hope that makes sense. All right. So now that I've set that there, I do want to invite you at any point in time to send me a message. Ask me any questions that you might want to ask me. Go to soh.church. Uh, and you could just submit uh, a contact form. You can reach out to uh, me on social media as well. Um, on Instagram, I'm good news 24 seven, or you can go to my Facebook page. Just look for uh, pastor JD Ambrosio. I won't be hard to find. Okay. So let's get into Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to read through a bit here and then we're going to touch on a few things. Okay. Matthew 13 verse one. On that day, Jesus had gone out of the house, and he was sitting by the sea, and large crowds gathered to him. So he got into the boat and sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. I love how Jesus used boats as his pulpit. 
They were so used to learning in the synagogues, right? And like we talked about last time, Jesus is breaking barriers here. He didn't need a synagogue. He went to the houses. He went to the hills. He sat in boats. Awesome, awesome stuff. Okay. Also a kind of a new covenant deal where, hey, church is where we are. Amen. Okay. So verse three, and he told them many things in parables saying, behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil and they sprang up immediately because they had no depth of the soil. But after the sun rose, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns and the thorns came up and choked them. But the others fell on good soil and yielded a crop, some hundred, some 60, some 30 times as much. The one who has ears, let them hear. So if your head's spinning right now, listening to this, understand that Jesus is using agriculture because they knew agriculture. They were farmers, right? The, the, big lot of them would understand what this means. Now we are not going to get into the parable of the sower today. We will do that when we pick this up in a few days, but I want to point to verse nine. The one who has ears, let them hear. Now was Jesus alluding to, you know, anybody in the crowd not having physical ears? No, absolutely not. We're pretty certain that everybody in that crowd had actual ears. Okay. Uh, Jesus often says things like this, those who have ears to hear eyes to see. Now we know if they didn't have an ear, Jesus would have healed them and gave them an ear. Same with the eyes. So he's, he healed many who were, uh, you know, in similar situations or even worse. Right. So that's not what we're talking about. He's talking about spiritual ears here and spiritual ears really for those who are willing to hear. See, you could hear something and what happens is the sound wave goes into your ear and bounces off your eardrum and your body registers, hey, there was a sound. Sometimes I think when I'm talking to my kids, this is what it is. I feel like the uh, teacher in Charlie Brown. Yeah, everybody knows what what I'm talking about there. Okay. Uh, Sometimes I feel that way in other places too, but I won't get there. Um, So Jesus is not talking about the physical. He's talking about having spiritual ears to hear. Let's keep reading. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered them, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him more shall be given And he will have an abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away. He's talking about those who are both willing and unwilling to receive. Obviously, we know the disciples were very willing to receive what Jesus was putting down here. Some in the crowd, not so much. So let's continue. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because... While they seeing, they do not see, and while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah 
being fulfilled, which says, you shall keep on listening, but shall not understand. You shall keep on looking, but shall not perceive. Verse 15, for the heart of this people has become dull. With their ears, they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your eyes because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Okay, so let's unpack what we just read, okay? Jesus, again, he's teaching them in parables because some had their hearts hardened and they would not hear anyway. Imagine you're there with bad intentions, right? You're trying to catch Jesus in something and Jesus is, I'm doing air quotes here, rambling about seeds that get thrown on the ground and sowed. And all you're thinking is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever talk to somebody and you feel like you're talking to them and they're just thinking about what they need to say next. Or, you know, sometimes some of us are in that category too, right? We want to get what we have out. And, you know, the problem is, is that when we're thinking about what we're going to say, we're not really absorbing what somebody's going to give us. So Jesus taught that way. Again, not to belabor the point, but to separate people. But Jesus was also fulfilling a prophecy in Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, this is in, in verse 9, the, that part of the prophecy starts. But Isaiah really comes into his own. That's where we see him say, here am I, send me. God heals him with the coal on his lips, and he, realize, he sees God on the throne, and he says, God, here am I, send me. And the first bit of prophecy that he releases after this is that the people of Israel, okay, ancient Israel, God's people of the old covenant, that they would, they would, their hearts would be hardened, that they would see and not actually see, that they would not understand, that their hearts would not allow them to see what God is doing. And we see this happening over and over. Uh, throughout history, and Israel would rise and fall with the good and bad kings and all that stuff, but we would also see the absolute fulfillment. Remember, this is the generation when Jesus said this to them, all the blood of the prophets and the apostles and every bit of the iniquity that happened with God's people up until that point would come on that generation. Okay, enter in what I've been saying. And you're probably like, why are you always talking about the fall of the temple? Because when that happened, that signified the judgment. It signified the um, end of the old covenant. And remember, everything Jesus is doing here, even down to him saying first to the Jew, then to the, the Greek, right? Um, that all has to do with preparing that generation for the full transition. Again, that's then. We are in the fullness of the kingdom of God, which is why these parables, as we begin to read them, we will realize that they are all about the transition that is happening in that time and then how to operate in the kingdom going forward. So th that 
absolutely will apply to what you are going to be able to operate in every single day of your life, okay? So I hope that makes sense. I really wanted to take today and tee all of this up, okay? Because my prayer for you is that you are not like you and I are not like the Pharisees and that when we approach learning the word of God, we do so in a way where our hearts are open, right? And in other words, our, we have ears to hear, that we have eyes to see, that we're sensitive to what God is doing. And, and what did Jesus say? He said, you them are blessed because you can hear it. I'm telling you today, church, that if you are listening with an open heart and with open ears, you are blessed because God is faithful to give you the kingdom principles that you need to operate into this world. On the contrary, the Pharisees, and I know we were always throwing them under the bus, but where were they? Their hearts were hardened. They wanted to be right all the time. And nothing will block out the voice of God in your life than your demand on being right. I don't want to be right. I want the truth. That's the way when I started operating my life that way, I just want the truth. Whether that means I'm wrong about every single thing that I believe. Because the truth, what? Sets you free. The Pharisees wanted to be better than everybody else. They could not stand the fact that Jesus was bringing the gospel, the good news. And what was the good news? That there's a great equalizer. That God doesn't play any favorites. That he loves the world so much. That he gave his only son. That those who believe in him didn't have to be a chief priest. Didn't have to be an important person. Again, air quotes. That it was for everybody. And wait, just wait till they you know, start getting the understanding that it's not just for their culture of people, but it's for the whole entire world. And they didn't, lastly here, they didn't want what was on the inside exposed. And a lot of times we're so afraid to expose what's on the inside that we will actually reject the truth. We'll run from the truth because we don't want what is on the inside to come out. We think God is going to, is some big smiter. No, that's Zeus. That's the false God, Zeus. Okay. Our God is a gentle God, is a loving God. It says in Isaiah, Isaiah prophesied over Jesus. We said this a, a couple of uh, days or weeks ago. I can't remember now, but that a bruised reed, he will not break. A smoldering wick, he will not snuff out. Both of those things, a bruised reed, it's a damaged reed that's not irreparable. A smoldering candle, right? If a, if, if a candle doesn't light, it's no good. But God's not here to throw us out because we're damaged. And they were too prideful to let God fix them. That's not going to be me and you. Let's make that decision today. So as we go into these next couple weeks of teachings and all of these Proverbs, my prayer is that we would do so with an open mind and an open heart and have ears to ear, ears to hear and eyes to see. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we open our hearts and we open our minds to your truth. Wherever you are, just say, God, I want your truth. 
Say, God, give me ears to hear. Give me eyes to see. Say, I want to know what it's like to operate in your kingdom and walk in victory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. We're going to continue with Matthew chapter 13, and you're listening to The 1% Christian. Remember, 100 starts with one. Go out and be the light. Amen. Love you guys.